a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this very, very special episode, we have Elsa Dillon joining us. Uh, Spin Beings, her website and her YouTube will be located down in the show notes. She is an experiencer dialed to 11 with her family. Uh, Her husband, Richard, and her have eight kids together. They all have experiences with exceptional beings in the most remarkable ways. Her stories are fantastic, the experiences that they've had, and she is just an absolute sweetheart. So thank you again, Elsa, for coming by and hanging out with us and representing the Dillon family for this just myriad of amazing experiences that you and your entire family are having. And they just embrace it, guys. It's it's one of the most phenomenal conversations. So on this, we talk about the experiences she's had, some of the beings she's been in contact with, frequency, uh, moment collection, staying grounded, water intelligence, all sorts of amazing stuff. So a phenomenal, phenomenal conversation. So again, all the ways to find in contact with her will be located down in the show notes. Make sure you'll take advantage of that. Also, while you're down there, check out expandingrealitypodcast.com. That's where links to all the socials can be found. The Too Hot for YouTube stuff is over there, as well as lives are replayed there. It's got all the episodes up, uh, video versions of those, as well as the audio version. You guys can just go check those out. Uh, And it's a wonderful way to support the show by also signing up to become an expansive insider. That's the best way to support the show because you get something amazing out of that as well for that investment in our mission, which we are on a mission to hit a thousand members. We are well on our way. So you guys come on over. Tons of bonus conversations, guys. Uh, Panel shows. We have the X panel series. Just did an amazing one on contact. You guys have got to check that out. We have frequency theorists going on over there where a bunch of us musicians get together and talk about music and conspiracies. And we have all the bonus stuff going on, the intellectual troublemakers, uh, uh, it's it's just a huge, huge wealth of additional content for you guys to check out, all for helping the show anyway, which is supporting the show that supports you, right? Also down there, this is a value exchange model. So if you feel called to support the show and exchange value with us, there's a little link down there and you can invest as much or as little as you'd like. It's up to you, but it absolutely helps. Any little bit goes a long way, guys. Again, value for value. That's what we're doing here. So uh, let's get to this incredible, incredible conversation, guys, with Elsa Dillon. Welcoming to the show, we have Elsa Dillon hanging out with us. Uh, Spin Beings is your website and your YouTube, which I'm going to be linking all of the ways to find you because you're fascinating and amazing. And I cannot wait for my audience to get to know you better. We just had a chat. I'm blown away by you. Absolutely blown away by you, your family, your story, everything. So if you don't mind, Elsa, just tell us a little bit about you. Well, hello, everyone. Um, My husband and I were um, international fashion photographers. So he would be on one job and I'd be on another around the world. And uh, 
he lived in New York and London, so he was part of the big supermodel scene. And he was shooting all the supermodels and celebrities and very high-profile people. And uh, I'm a little bit younger and I was in Australia starting out as a photographer. And uh, he uh, went through a divorce, came to back to Australia. And then he went on the search for me. He, he, he went looking for me. He heard my name through models and he was like, who is this lady? I've got to meet her. I've got to meet her. And uh, he found me and he just knew that he was going to be with me and uh, so he just encouraged me. Uh, at that stage I wasn't a very big photographer and he said, I want you to go and visit everyone in Australia and go but not with your agent, I want you to go and do it separately, go and visit everyone. I went and visited everyone and with that was in one week. I got booked for every single job, every high-profile job <laughs> in like Marie Claire, Bogal, all the advertising. I went from being a struggling photographer to buying a house within a couple of months, uh, paying all my dad off. And we just, Richard and I, just that's how... We were in everything we do, we kind of, he helps me, I help him, he helps me, I help him, and we just keep, you know, chipping away. That's our, that's our saying, chip away, just keep chipping away. Anyway, uh, we started having kids, and I've never held a baby before, so I'm not a maternal type female. I thought that our kids would go to boarding school, but boy, was I wrong. <laughs> um I got, we started having children. We had no plan, no plan. Um, we, we, uh, we, we, we had, uh, so we have eight children. <laughs> we have uh, had natural births. We had two in hospital. The rest are all home births. And uh, through, through having children, We've been fine-tuning our health and our uh, spiritual practices. We practice feng shui, so it's very important that the house is clean and balanced and the energy is flowing. Uh, we love um, to eat well. We love the flavours of food. We've always really enjoyed um, learning to cook properly um, so that what we are putting into our mouth, the energy of what is in that food so we um have like it's not a spiritual practice with the food but a appreciation for the food and as we've gone on we've learned that that's a big thing in many cultures over history uh drinking water we don't use uh really any products on our bodies we use products that we can eat so um my my beauty regime is uh exfoliating it every day and olive oil that's it, <laughs> you know, and our skin looks amazing. All our, Everyone comments on our family skin. Uh, most of the stuff we do, we can do ourselves. So the kids, we all make our own, we make our own milk, we make our own bread. <laughs> uh, we've slowly um, removed ourselves over 25 years. We've removed ourselves from the system, um, from the schooling system, to uh, just pretty much everything. For 10 years there, I wasn't on really on the internet with social media, so uh, 
I felt that I needed to um, not be on the medias for the kids, just basically for protection from the kids. I had this really strong mother energy to keep the kids off social media. And then we shift. We went through the financial crisis and we shifted from where we were living in Sydney up to where we are now in the Byron Bay Hills in the east coast of Australia. And then things started to change. <laughs> uh, we would, yeah, we would just be walking through streets and uh, it was like how you, you see in movies, people would just come up to us and hug us or hold our hands like complete strangers. And they were saying, I'm so glad I've met you. And the kids would be looking at us saying, oh, do you know them? Have you photographed them? And we're like, no, I have no idea who this person is. We started um, having a lot of uh, electrical issues in our farmhouse and um, two of our children started to get quite ill in this farmhouse that we had shifted to and we couldn't work out what it was and uh, no, not really any medical practitioners could help us and we started realising that um, they were getting sicker and sicker and my daughter's face swelled out so far that she couldn't really look out of one eye. She, she looked like a, a stroke victim. Her, her face, she was grinding her teeth. She lost her memory. The other son, if he cut himself, he wouldn't heal, um, which doesn't sound like much, but with a, um, a young boy it would accumulate so that that wouldn't heal, then this wouldn't heal, then that wouldn't heal, and it just got really run down. So I kept asking the universe to, to help us. What, what's wrong with our children? You know, we've shifted up to <laughs> the country and they're getting sicker. What's going on? And uh, one night the electrical meter box blew up and the house caught on fire. So we've been having electrical shortages in the house and then this one night it just blew up and the house caught on fire, like smoke went through the house. But uh, it was okay. It stopped. We called the electrical company and they would just happen to be driving past our driveway <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> like we seriously were on the phone and they were driving down our driveway and we were going, this is weird. So we got like three or four huge trucks. The electrical energy man uh, came up and said, who are you people? How did we get here when it just happened? I was like, I have no idea. So you've, got, you've got angels looking after you. Yeah. That's what he said to me. I went, really? And he goes, yeah, you got angels. You guys are different like that. Anyway, uh, that night we couldn't sleep and I started uh, researching because they said they might have to put on a, a different type of meter box. So I started researching and I learned about EMF, electrical magnetic field, and this was before any towel as well. And then I realised that our children were seriously um, affected by this meter box because it was near their bed. And, uh, you know, that was really tough because we, the, our children were deteriorating. We shifted them away. Within 24 hours, my daughter had a, a, a memory. She remembered something. She stopped grinding her teeth. Her face swelling went down. I mean, it was so swollen that we had to take her to hospital, which I really don't like going to, but we had to stop the swelling on her brain. It was it was severe. 
uh, shifted them away from the bedroom. Um, we've got a lead lining box near the meter box. Um, and we learn about aliens, ETs and angels on that night. Well, it just from that point on, it it, um, it was like I, <laughs> Richard and I were laughing because the next morning it was like, you know, they, were, they must be like sitting up there and electrocuting, shorting the house out, shorting the house out. And they go, okay, we're going to have to, we're going to have to explode them now. <laughs> They're not listening. And it's actually a really good way to, uh, uh, an example, to look at the awakening process that they'll, little signs will come up for you, little signs, little signs, little signs. Are you listening? Are you listening? Okay, we're going to have to cause dis-ease now because you're not listening. You're far too busy in your 3D world and you're not listening, okay, we're going to blow the meter box up or we're going to break your arm or you're going to have an illness so that you can stop, allow space and reevaluate what's going on with why you're here on earth. And that's what happened to us. So our children got healthier. We took them to, uh, I'm, I'm going to bring this up, it's, you know, we took them to an iridologist, took them to two iridologists, and both of them said exactly the same thing. They said, it's like we are looking in the eyes of a 98-year-old person. These children are completely depleted. <laughs> I mean, the next stage would have been, you know, some drastic illness. So we just healed them with herbs from the garden, so we call them herb sandwiches, <laughs> and the kids know they go and pick a bit of that, a bit of that, a bit of that, and they roll it up, and then they they eat it, and you know they make faces and complain about it, but they eat it, and that that was how we healed them. And uh, they came back, the kids came back, but it took it took a while to heal them, but there was no more further damage. Um, we since learned that the uh, owner of the house, uh, their, their child was completely damaged from the meter box because that's where they had their baby crib and never recovered. You know, they got a 30-year-old in nappies in a home somewhere. Yeah. So, uh, and that was from an old meter box. That wasn't from one of these digital ones. And then, and so we bought a meter. This is still before Towers was out. So we, we learn about energy. We learn about all the PowerPoints. We learned that we are a conductor of energy. And, uh, yeah, then it, it started to all these things start melting into everything else we've been practising for, you know, the, all the years. So it's like we went on a, a healing, cleansing process and then we had this, awakening to angels and ETs, yet still nothing has presented at this point. And then um, one day I was in the mirror doing my hair and um, I'm not black hair. I actually have long blonde hair and um, I was doing my hair and uh, asking the mirror, <laughs> why why do I have black hair? Why, why do why is this the, the way I got my hair? And uh, my, I, I got my hair from after having our fourth child, I got um, a postnatal depression 
and uh, it was I was on a job and the makeup artist said to me, you, you look awful, you look haggard. And my hair was falling out a little bit on one side and I just had a baby. They were like the, the baby was probably 10 days old. And he was on the job with me, my baby. So I'm, I'm shooting with the baby, wearing the baby, and this makeup artist is just letting me have it. You know, you look awful. I got in the car and did not talk from that point on for two days. Uh, I stopped breastfeeding. I just turned off, and um, it's ne- I've never really ever done anything like that before, which to my husband, so he's the fourth baby. He's got three other little ones. I'm not, Mum's not talking at all, not eating, not talking. Um, this is getting serious. He went to the shops, bought black hair dye and cut my hair, Richard did. So the reason I have this hairstyle is because of Richard. It completely snapped me out of it and uh, uh, it made me wake up that um, I didn't need, and it was, and then, so I'm in the mirror reflecting back why Richard cut my hair, why have I got black hair, and uh, I had a flashback of a childhood thing from when I was about two. My father's Egyptian. He used to play in the pyramids. And uh, he always said to me, my father said, oh, the Egyptians didn't build the pyramids. You know that, right? He said the, the pyramids were built by the stars. He said they weren't built by, he weren't built by the humans. And I said, oh, what about with, you know, all the ancient humans? And he goes, no, 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 no. They're, they're too precise. And they, and they connect to the stars. They communicate with the stars. And he used to play in all of them when he was a child. And I, I had a flashback of that. And then the only artifact that my father had from Egypt was a bust of Nefertiti. And she flashed up. And I always remember saying to my mum from a very young age, I know her. And my mum is Australian. And uh, mum would say, how could you know her? You don't know her. I said, I know her. She goes, you don't know her. I, she's, not, she's not a relative. I said, I know her. Anyway, uh, I, I didn't know much about Nefertiti. Nefertiti, Cleopatra, all the pharaohs, all of those were what I had only seen on Hollywood. So uh, that morning I researched Nefertiti and um, I started to uh, have very uh, familiar feelings come through through me in unusual ways, and then after that, then it's then then it started the communicating with her, and uh, it first started. Uh, I would do regresses with her by myself. I self taught myself how to regress, and I would visit her, and I'd be an orb or a ghost because it. Not only was it happening in this realm, but it was happening in, in her realm as well. So uh, she had to accept and learn about me. So I would be scaring her. She would be scaring me. We'd turn up in different forms because we had, it was like we had no control over what we, how we were presenting to each other because we were in a new frequency. So she was in a new frequency and I was in a new frequency and um we had to learn each other. And so her and I would learn each other. 
And as we were doing it, that then because she was so close with her family and I'm close with my family, it was starting to affect each other's family. So now the kids are going, what's going on? What are you doing? <laughs> uh, and, you know, I would, I'm very open with my husband and I shared it all with him and he said, well, that's all great, but how are you going to prove this? And I said, but I don't need to prove it. And he said, well, you you'll have to prove it. If this continues, this will ask you to prove it. I was like, wow, okay. So uh, we, Neff and I started to prove it in both realms. So we had to prove it to him, her, her husband as well, because her husband um, is very similar to Richard's. He sort of sits back and not judges but watches <laughs> like a true pharaoh just sits there and and doesn't agree with everything straight away he waits like an eagle you know soaring above and so um the the first uh real happening that was proof for my family was uh i regressed with neff and neff took me to uh toot's tomb that was covered in mould and I had a lot of mould in my lungs from the <clears throat> little farmhouse that we lived in. And uh, she, she showed me she wiped the walls and she I, she would grab my hand and wipe the walls with me and wipe the mould off. And I came back from that regress and uh, within, within probably 12 hours in the news there was mould in Toot's tomb. And then the kids are like, oh, mom, are you kidding? <laughs> and so I said, okay, well, Richard, I, I said to Richard, is this enough? And he goes, no, you're going to have to do more of that. <laughs> so we kept doing it. And then everything, it kept happening. You know, um, I told Neff that she has to bring out the, the second son. Because um, in the, because history in our history books, because I've been studying this this family now for you know ten years, over time they keep changing it. They, they you'd be shocked how much history keeps changing, and they don't change it a lot. They just twig it, and they keep twigging it. And, I go, and even our kids go, how can they change history? And I go, yeah, well that's a confirmation for us. That's a confirmation for you kids. Anyway, so uh, I said you got to bring up. The second sons and Neff, so they had we they put together a huge ceremony for the second son, and it was like a bringing out of the second son. And then, sure enough, in the news, oh yes, by the way, the family could possibly have a second son. So, um, that 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 at that stage of the family were like, yeah, this is happening. I did tell a, a really close friend about a little bit about this and at first when they were listening they were like yeah yeah this is amazing so they never saw him again (laughs) yeah and that was tough that was hard because that was a lifelong friend as well that's okay um that i understand it's weird (laughs) anyway uh we just i just realized i can't speak about it for a while it's not ready uh, so I kept asking, what am I supposed to do with all this information? 
and uh, they said the answers are in the rocks. The answers are in the rocks. I was like, okay, so I've got to talk to rocks now. <laughs> um, and uh, we we came across this um, uh, uh, father and and son called Steve from Forgotten Origin, and he actually just lives just in our region. Anyway, he talks about the Gosford Glyphs, and the Gosford Glyphs is where uh, we used to spend all our day, like most of our weekends, riding a motorbike. Now, just just uh, probably half an hour from the Gosford Glyphs where we would ride at this secret location were hieroglyphs. And, you know, we spent four years there. So the first four children were around hieroglyphs in these hieroglyphs and uh, Aboriginal carvings, uh, lots of um, drawings of uh, space language, I call it, <laughs> in the rocks. But I didn't know this. I didn't know this when I was there. I was taking the dog for a walk with the kids and enjoying the rocks. But I, I, I was by myself a lot because, or with, you know, just one other mother, and I was just sitting there and rubbing my hand around these carvings, which is what the ancient ones do. They all rub their hands around the carvings. And uh, so I felt that had a, a really important part in because they were the first children coming through. Uh, with Steve Strong, he brought information out about this location and now the government has it and it's all shut off. Oh. And this this actual particular location um, isn't really known to the public like the Gosford Glyphs. And uh, then I heard Steve say it's called the beginning place. And I was like, <laughs> the first day that we went to that location was the first day I was pregnant. The first day we went to that location, it was a total eclipse. I was like, you just can't make this stuff up. No. And I know Stephen uh, and... Uh... Yeah, the father and son team. I, I heard about this on Mysterious Universe, a wonderful show over there in Australia as well. Huge fans of them. And they talked about uh, the Strongs uh, coming up with this origin out of Australia to where they could actually track uh, history and um, artifacts and skulls and everything back to that actually man came out of Australia, not Africa, which was very, very interesting. Yeah. That, oh, that was wild. These these hieroglyphs, uh, we would drive through the Gosford glyphs, and this was before, way, way before we had shifted up to Byron Bay, and we would drive through them. And I'd say, can you feel that? And Richard would say, yeah, I can feel it. There's something going on here. <laughs> yeah. But we, we have that all the time. We would, we Richard and I go more by our feelings for our photo shoots from when we were children. Richard's been awakened since birth. Like he's he's super sharp. He's meditated with the sun, especially since he was he could ever remember. He he astro travels. He's amazing, Richard. Uh, I, it more happened. For, my world kind of shut down uh, and had to restart again. Uh, my belief systems when. Um, when I did meet Richard, because uh, <laughs> the world wasn't what I thought it was as I was as I was growing up. You had the policeman, you had the lawyer, you had the 
And <laughs> so my world did change a lot then. And it, it wasn't, I realised back then that it was more than money, it was more than edu- education or hierarchy or status. It was actually about energy. Mm-hmm. And the spoke, it was about the spoken word as well. It was about and, and who, who crosses your path when and how. And so that was like a formula that we built on to, to right now. It's incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Uh, and you and your family, again, I'm going to link all the ways to find you guys down in the show notes, but Richard's a, a sweetheart. Even before we hit record here and we're going, he d- kept checking in on you. He said, hey, we were up all night, you know, and you moved the animals around. So they've been up. And so he brought you coffee. And he's just so sweet. I can like uh, hear it in your voice, the way you speak about him. And then same thing, yeah. just he didn't you know, know me and he was popping in there and saying hi and checking on you, making sure you're okay and bringing you coffee, even though you didn't ask. Like, it's just super yeah. sweet. You could tell that you too have a very important mission here and especially with the next generation that you're raising. And so it's, it's like you guys were both gifted each other, you know, it's just like this beautiful partnership that I, that I think is so amazing because now you can articulate these extraordinary concepts to your children together in a way that's conducive and loving to where it's just like him in meditation growing up. It's just the way, you know, and there's nothing to be scared of and it's okay that it doesn't happen for other people. And we're extremely fortunate to be able to get the knowledge and wisdom and experience and contact with these entities that we do it just seems like one of the um it just seems like such a great relationship just to be honest with you just again based on what you've talked about here but also you know what i've seen and paid attention to in our interaction before the audience uh was involved here so you guys just have the the sweetest relationship there and i, and I want that kind of you know bond for everybody I'd, I'd love that kind of partnership for everyone so, you know, what adjustments did have you made in your life since meeting him, but also since having these extraordinary uh, interactions that you've had? I know you're already extremely mindful about your diet, about social media, about all of those things. But, you know, what else what else have you needed to integrate with this new information and to remain a human being in, in this place, kind of having a human, a spiritual being, having a human experience? Well, um, we started with uh, kinesiology. That was the first one uh, for me because I had to um, layer a few layers <laughs> of yeah. my belief system. And uh, we, we take the kids to kinesiology um, and that was really, that was great. So it's like we go through everything, our health, everything, um, and astrology. And then uh, if things still didn't feel right, like a didn't feel right, then we go, okay, we need a kinesiology session because there's obviously a block that I can't, my mind is blocking the block. So, right. right. Yeah. Um, which was great. So, because I, I really went, uh, one of the things that I wanted for the children is I didn't want my fear or my belief systems being transferred to the children. So, I wanted to clean myself up. So, I really did go on a clean up of my emotional issues or beliefs or hang-ons and, you know, so I really cleaned as much as I could and, I'm you know, I'm still doing that all the time. Oh, we are, but you did not stop. It's just you peel off a layer and there's another one. You're like, oh, hi there. I forgot about you. I didn't <laughs> yeah. even know you were there, yeah. But you're doing uh, the work. 
which is huge. Yeah. You know, rather than doubling down, I mean, I was raised in a home to where my parents were, you will do things like this because this is how you get by. And there was no yeah. other alternatives. There was, there was no other room for interpretation on that. What we believe religiously is the only way. Uh, how you do this is the only way. You know, and these lists of very rigid parameters, and that's, that's how I grew up. So I, I just broke out of that. Like I was like, no, thank you, and shed my skin on that. But, it, but for you to be able to do that for yourself, which is really what it's all about, right? It's for you, but it just so happens happens to benefit everyone in your life. You you looked at it in that way and it's it's been the most beneficial thing for you and your children, but you did the work. Like that's huge. Yeah. So I mean and well, it, there is, yeah, it's exactly what you're saying because uh it does help the others around you. And I guess why why are we coming out now the family and sharing all this is because it seems to me that a lot of things that people are, are wanting to do or wishing to do with their lives right now, we have been doing. Yes. So we're actually walking proof. This is what happens when you do all that. This is what happens. And we still have hard times, but in those hard times, our frequency is still up. Yep. yep. And that's, that's you know, we, we've had some really tough times, especially just recently, but our frequency, we've all, every single family member has held their frequency up. It's amazing. So that means then you're still alert or still on that frequency to pick up those those higher frequencies and it lifts you through those hard times. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I, I hope in my heart that the, the sharing this will inspire others to go, okay, I'm going to tweak this now. I'm going to tweak that. I'm going to tweak this so that we can also ride through those hard times because they do, they present, they, they, they just do. They present through your life. Yeah. Uh, but it's in that hard time that we learn the most. Yes. Like we do. We, we've learned the most valuable lessons in those hard times and those hard times have become the stories, you know. Have, have you noticed this as well? Because this is something uh, recently over the past probably year, definitely over the past three months that I've really come to embrace and enjoy. And it's that whenever you do go exp experience those more challenging times that are not as ideal in the moment as you'd like for them to be, just like what you said, hindsight, they've been the biggest growth opportunities for you. And so now I'll kind of look at them and anytime things start to kind of, you know, go to shit a little bit around me, I'm like, yes. And I celebrate it now because I know that this is an indicator of some super, super huge level up that I'm about to experience and enjoy. But it's going to be at the cost, not cost, it's going to be at the awareness of shedding this layer of just muck that you got on you. You know, and I kind of view this as sort of an ascension process, not hierarchical, just spatial. So if you can picture yourself just floating up, you bump up against an energetic ceiling, which is your next level up. Like you need to go through there. But it's guarded with like a mesh or sort of an energetic barrier that if you're too dense or you have too many layers of just nonsense on you that served you well in the old level up, but you need to get rid of them now to go pass through this great or to be accepted into this new energetic realm. And so whenever you go through those level up periods, it's, yeah, it's always that darkest before the dawn. I mean, there's so many as above, so below type concepts here that articulate this exact thing. And so I have found recently, and that's my question to you, do you now read those as indicators of just awesomeness to come rather than feeling like, oh, everything's going to shit, even though you hold the frequency there? Is there any sort of awareness that on the other side of whatever you're experiencing is going to be far greater? Yeah. Like we, 
um, be, we've just shifted to a new farm and it was really getting really stressful because we hadn't had anywhere to shift to for six months we were looking for a place and it was only in the last three weeks that we found somewhere to live and uh we were we were going what are we going to have to live in a bus live in our bus you know get rid of all the animals we had lots of animals we had 10 horses 80 chickens god uh, do you guys have a bus like partridge family do you you travel around in like an actual bus we have a big white bus awesome and uh they call it the the ship of the craft the craft (laughs) i love that yeah it's 13. It's, the reason that we love it is because it has all our long boards in, so we can put all the surfboards in, all the shopping, and we got like a bed in the back and a stove and a. we carry all our filtered water with us. So it we can- sounds like the only way to travel. Like my wife and I would do that <laughs> if it was just us two. Yeah. We, we all can't sleep in it, but uh, it's a great day bus for us. Maybe- yeah, maybe we'll use it as a sleeping bus later, but not now, not with all of them. <laughs> <It's> still, <laughs> Just add that second deck to it, you know, make it a double deck. Yeah, it's yeah. another thing. <laughs> Go up. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, so with, with, the, with the, the challenging moments, which is what we've been going through, my, my husband and I, again, tag-teaming each other, saying we – something amazing is happening from this. 100%. Literally something amazing. And we're, we're all, since the shift, we're all in amazement of the things that have happened to us. We've had uh, some really, I can't even explain, situations happen with beings and findings, um, temples, <laughs> just. So are you locating stuff, things cannot, that haven't been discovered yet? Yeah, you're being intuitively guided by the by the beings that you're in contact with to kind of go, yeah. hey, go look over here, go dig right there. There's something really cool yeah. there for you. The, the little this- girls, yeah, the little girls will um, swim in the rivers and creeks, and uh, the sirens will speak to them underwater. And uh, there's freshwater sirens and saltwater sirens, and they will tell them stories, songlines. They'll tell them um, healing practices, or they'll tell them to go and do something. And uh, they, 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 they'll, their sirens uh, know the energy of our children, and they give them crystals. So the girls will come up out of the water with huge crystals, huge. Like <laughs> our older girls going. Did they tell you that again? Did they tell you where that was? <laughs> so, That's remarkable. Yeah. Because, so, and they studied, because they found so many, they studied ge- geology. Our kids are home, these little ones are homeschooled and they are geologists. They could tell you every crystal. They'll tell you what the crystals eat. They know if they're eating rocks and they'll say, you got to put that one back because he's still eating. Oh my God. Uh, he'll say, This one wants to go to a new location. This one wants to just come out, hang out with us for a bit, and then he wants to go back. <laughs> oh my like, God, that's interesting. Yeah. But then they use those crystals to um, connect with beings as well. So um, the Fey world and the sirens and the animal kingdom and the crystals seem to be connected with the up there. <laughs> wow. 
they're all connected somehow. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's what I was going to ask because you are contacted by so many different entities and beings, and even uh, your daughters are privy and have some information of some beings that they get received information from, but that maybe you're not in direct contact with, but they are. And so you get kind of this amazing, you you have like a really great uh, resource to tap into because you have all these etheric and esoteric resources just at your fingertips, and just from the most mundane of things like going swimming in a river, pop up with a crystal, and now you've gotten you know, this interest in geology that your children have gotten, but also you've got this reverence, you know, it, again, it, it it instills this reverence and awe for nature, for the universe, for the magical things that are here. And so it's so cool, again, that your family just picked up there, you know, after you and Richard met, you guys moved on, you had your children, and then they're just born into this, which I think is, th- this is, and I've talked about it several times on the show, but this type of upbringing is something I'm so excited to see. Because now your kids are going to go out and all eight of them are going to go write books and be lecturers and be on shows and hopefully start their own shows, which if I can help in any way, please let me know. And to now these next generation of people that grow up with this that have never been told that it's evil or that it's bad or that it's wrong or that it's weird, like they've they've just been encouraged to just be curious and to just follow your curiosity where it goes. And like, again, that that to me is so fascinating because now I'm so excited to see what this next generation of people who like your like you and Richard have raised children to be what does that next generation look like in a household that comes out of that I, I am just so excited about the possibilities of the next generation having been exposed to things so freely and so encouragingly as you and Richard have done I, I just think it's so cool now um, do you guys so have one thing that um, one thing that is interesting is that uh, people ask what our gifts are, our abilities, but uh, they don't think of them as abilities or gifts because they just have been doing it since birth, right? right. So they don't um, they don't feel that they stand out. But we can all be looking at people and talking to people, and beings will come with them, or they'll see their ancient ones, or their past lives, or um, their ancestors, or they have ghosts around them. Um, or they can see their pain body or their inner child or their oversoul. And our kids can see all these things with people. It's ama- it is amazing. See, and, and I think all kids are born like this, right? It's just they're yeah. told, you know, what's the old joke? You're told uh, the first few years of your life how to walk and talk and the rest of your life uh, how to shut up and sit down, right? And so you guys just skipped the step and you just said, no, 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 keep, keep learning how to walk and talk. Like this is all part of it. This is encouraging because, you know, as kids you get like uh, – you know, imaginary friends, right? Maybe they're not. Maybe they're actually people who've crossed over or spirits that they're in communication or contact with or entities or beings. I mean, there's a such a tapestry here, and I do not disagree with you. I actually strongly agree with you that it's all connected in some way and just kind of presents itself in different ways. Um, so, you again, you, you've just fostered this environment where these kids didn't have to feel that what they were experiencing naturally, which again, probably happens for all of us, uh, it, you skip that indoctrination period to where you just had to tell them how to live their lives and you encourage them to follow their own curiosity and to really explore it. Again, which I think is absolutely fascinating and amazing. I, I just think all of this is crazy interesting and your, your family's fascinating. So uh, I definitely want to talk to you about frequency. So let, let's just talk, what does frequency mean to you? Um. <clears throat> Well, this is this is good because I was talking with Richard yesterday about this. Um, when we when we were shifted up to Byron, the <clears throat> the gentleman that would do kinesiology on us in Sydney said, "You 
need to be aware of this is when you shift up there, you're shifting up to the lands where there's a lot of obsidian under the ground. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. He says there's a high rate of um, partnerships that fail up there. So um, because of the obsidian, it brings up the dark issues Mm. in the masculine and the feminine within each person. And a lot of uh, relationships don't last through it. So just be aware of that. And it's interesting because when we're up here, we do notice a lot of failure in relationships up here. Mm. And I have to say with Richard and I, we've had some really tough times up here with our relationship, especially the, the, the biggest one was um, the night I went walking in the paddocks and I had a uh, ET craft experience, the biggest one I've had, because we had a lot, we have lots and lots of craft experience, but this was like a big one. Anyway, um, from that point, uh, I told Richard about the craft and the kids and they're like, oh, yeah, that sounds really cool. That's really different to anything. And then we just go on doing whatever. Anyway, um, from that point, uh, I really uh, uh, changed. They were like I had possessed. They, they said I was possessed. They said that I wasn't mum anymore. I wasn't Elsa. It didn't look like me. My scent had changed. Uh, you're just different. <laughs> and uh, they kept saying, you better deal with it. You better deal with it. But I didn't know what I had to deal with because to me, I'm just, you know, I was that person. I didn't know that I had changed. Anyway, God, we were we were arguing, Richard and I, which was not normal at all. And the kids were getting quite disturbed. And um, again, Richard said, "We're going to have to do kinesiology because this is just beyond us." We did kinesiology and uh, went through everything. Couldn't find a thing. They said, "You've tried- there's nothing." She said, "I'll try one last thing." And uh, the last thing was, "I'm going to see if it's an outer worlder." And it was, and she freaked out. <laughs> she left the room, <laughs> the poor lady. She was shaking. Uh, she didn't know what to do. Um, they came back in with um, another kinesiologist for support because <laughs> I'm so scary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I'm going, I have. And they took it back to that date of the graft, and they said, you, you were gone for 10 years. I was like, how was I gone for 10 years? And they said, you were gone to 10 years, 10 years. But 10 years, but I was only gone, uh, you know, 20, I was only out there for 20 minutes. And then I realized that time really isn't what we've been taught to believe. So what and, made them and, say that you had been gone for that long? I, kinesiology, like kinesiology just tells you stuff (laughs) well if you don't mind just for the audience's sake then uh when you say kinesiology what what do you mean when you say that what is the practice all about the the practice of kinesiology is they test your hydration they test your oil they test your salts and minerals in your body Uh, they check your chakras if they're in line and clean not locked and once they've done all those checks then they start going through things through your life and basically um, there's different ways to do it. They'll hold your hand. I think most of them hold your arm and they test for, so you're, you're, they, the principle is, is that your body doesn't lie and it's not that you, you lie, it's just that your mind 
plays stories or tricks on you that hide things from you. Yes. And it could be in this life, it could be in, in your incarnation. Um, and, you, and you'll think, oh, the reason I'm this way is because of this fight I had with my boyfriend back then or this. But it's some, usually with kinesiology, it's something a school teacher said when you're in, you know, grade one yeah. or it was something that happened at a shop. But it'll be something so minor and uh, it, 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 it just triggers or twists you into a way that probably isn't serving you for the best. So kinesiology will find the date and take you back to that and then they do a clearing on it and then pretty much usually you leave kinesiology and within 24 hours or 48 hours your life adjusts to the way it's sort of supposed to be. It's amazing. So they're able because yeah. the body keeps the score right on any uh, yeah, yeah, level. Yeah. yeah, and so yes, it is trapped and it'll manifest in different ways. And this is why when people are getting reiki or any sort of healing, their leg will shake. Like one one will shake really weird or something like that. And they're like, oh yeah, you have trauma stored there, and you didn't even know about it. It's it's when you get in those hypersensitivity, those states of hypersensitivity. Then you you plant seeds over there, and then when you return to baseline and all of your emotions and your adrenaline's not running and everything's back to your normal baseline, you don't see them because they were planted over here in a state of hypersensitivity. And sometimes it takes a state of hypersensitivity, sort of like an ayahuasca experience or another traumatic experience, to pull you to to kind of expand you back out to that point. And then you're like, oh yeah, there it is. But it's interesting whenever the body keeps the score again like this and you can feel it vibrate and tremors in little ways and it'll manifest like that. It'll also manifest, like you said earlier, in dis-ease. This is where a lot of people get skin issues and stuff like that. That's why your skin looks beautiful because you guys just don't have to mess with that. And, and it'll manifest in different ways. And so this is, you know, one of the biggest issues I've got with the medical community. They treat symptoms, not actual issues. And anybody worth their salt in medicine will actually go down and get to the actual psychological or the memory root of what's going on there and why it manifested physically in that way. As you said earlier, I, I completely agree with this as well, that, you know, the universe life, everything will show you ways in little small increments and be like, hey, do you want to change this? Because here's how it, you pre it's being presented to you now and you just bat it away like a little mosquito. And then later on, it shows up as a pterodactyl in your life to carry you off. And it's like, hang on, what is this? It's like, well, I was a mosquito earlier and have been for a long time. You could have dealt with me then. But now you get this winged beast in front of you that you really have to deal with. And uh, this, again, it's just so interesting to to take it down this road. And then also, again, though, for you guys to be so aware of yourselves enough to just be like, oh, I'm not going to take a pill. Let's go find out what actually happened and where my trauma lies. So yeah. she could tell that you had been energetically gone for 10 years, but physically it had only taken you about 20 minutes. Now, did yeah. something happen within that 10-year time period that made them feel that you had brought back something as far as like stored in your body, like a trauma or something like that in that amount of time, which is why they said that? Well, when so I come out of the kinesiology session and I get in the car and Richard's, you know, so supportive waiting for me. And he gets in the car and he goes, so, are you, what's going on? And I said, well, I'm not possessed. And he goes, oh, great. That's so good to hear. He goes, what is it? And I go, oh, it's that ET craft that I told you about in November. And he goes, oh, so you're not possessed? I went, no. And he goes, oh, that's fantastic. Can't wait to tell the kids. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we can, we can relate to the whole ET thing. And 
we, we, we can understand collapsing time, but possession, no, we do want to do it. Yeah, it's like getting a clear bill on the no cancer. Like you don't have cancer. It's the same equivalent for y'all. Oh, I don't, I'm not possessed. Oh, good. Thank God. Yeah. Okay. It's just aliens then? Oh, yeah. Then that's fine. Okay, good. Can't wait to tell the kids. They're going to be so relieved. That's funny. So where, this is where it gets really interesting. So from that point, the ETs start majorly showing up. And this is where um, I met with a lovely, amazing lady called Mary Rodwell, and she's been dealing with ETs. She's she's like the guru. <laughs> and uh, I met with her earlier this year, and she she was fascinated by the kids. And then we told her about Neff and Akem and the family and, you know, the realm thing, and she was like, whoa. <laughs> and then... Uh, Later on, uh, after a few chats with her, she said, do you want to do a hypnosis? And I was like, oh, I've never done a hypnosis. And she took me through that, that craft day. So now it was like I wasn't allowed to know what happened on the craft. I had to go and learn all the ETs first and their languages and how many there were and, and go through that process with the kids. So that, that was in uh 2017 and now i've got 22 so i've had to we've had to learn all that before i could go back to that craft to collect that information on the craft now that information on the craft that i've collected i fully completely understand but if i did a hypnosis in 2017 i would have had i probably i I honestly believe believe it might have made me ill because <laughs> mm. I wouldn't my frequency again would not have been ready for it so we've been building our frequency layers and uh, I guess uh, sometimes Lucy the film Lucy is good uh, she's in the car and she pulls out things uh, sometimes matrix when I say the matrix numbers um, it's it doesn't look like that to us, but it's a really good way of showing that there's so many frequencies that you can tap into. And this is really good where it can help relationships is you can be on the same frequency with someone. So Richard and I are on the same frequency, but if you go to say this location on a, on a hilltop and it's got certain crystals, this is going to trigger your frequencies differently. Mm. So it might rattle you to, rattle rattle you because you're you're dealing with the different frequencies or one might be up here with the frequencies and one might be down here so then you have a misalignment so in our human minds we think that we're having an argument or having a problem but it's not it's a frequency thing so then you might go to the beach or you might go to a shopping center and the frequency is different there and then so if everyone looked at everything as energetic beings that we are and frequency they would have more compassion for each other because they would realize hang on that person's different i'm different why are we different then you start looking for the reasons the clues the what why is it different am i meant to learn a lesson am i not am i meant to get out of here (laughs) am i just not meant to be here and it it's just a different way of approaching things 
But it's it's yeah. be- it's a beautiful way of approaching things because then it's not that yeah. there's anything wrong, you know. And I, th- I think one of the most mature steps that a couple can get to is uh, in any relationship, whether you have fantastic, ex- extraordinary experiences like you do or not, then it, it's really not about you versus them. It's you and them versus the problem. If you want to put like a an, a face to it, like that this is something to battle. But what I love about your approach of this as well is it takes that same idea, meaning that it's not it's got nothing to do with either one of you. Again, not taking anything personal. Uh, and you're just like, well, it's just a frequency imbalance. It's just a frequency thing. And sometimes you just holding space for him or vice versa will snap you right out of it or just being able to purge those feelings, you know, going to a place. And this is what blows my mind about this place as well. Let's say just exactly in your example, you both go to a place where there are a certain set of crystals under the ground there. It triggers something in you that needs to be brought to the surface and released in that exact spot so that can be healed for some reason. It's almost like you're channeling an energy in that place just to have a conduit for it to express itself and then you, ooh, okay, let's go find dinner. And then you guys can move on and do and go back to the business of being with each other. But again, it's it's such an elaborate dance that you guys do between you know over 350 beings to date that y'all are in uh, communication with, which is fascinating, as well as just this different energetic areas that you go to, your different dispositions, and then how that fluctuates and meters, not to mention the crazy you know, stuff going on on the news and stuff, which I don't, I'm, I'm sure you guys don't watch because we don't either. And that's why we're so happy. Uh, and, and so if you take into account all of these different energetic systems, it is all about frequency. But your being mindful of it has made it such a wonderful thing in your relationship. And it's been something that you guys can just be aware of and move on and not take things personally. Again, I think that this is just such a huge, huge benefit for y'all, but also I'm grateful that you're articulating this to the audience so that people don't feel alone out there. Like, hey, you know, what's going on with me? It's like, actually, it's just a frequency thing. And so to be able to put it in terms like this, I think is is way better for people to wrap their mind around, especially if they're not getting the answers that they're used to getting in the mainstream or something like that. Because I don't think that there's really any answers to be found there. There's a lot of value in it because I think that that tells you a lot of what's not going on, which is great. It's a nice starting point, right? But as far as what's going on or an alternative perception on it that people can really wrap their minds around in a new way is speaking of it in terms of frequency. I mean, even uh, Tesla said this, if you under- if you looked at the universe in terms of frequency and vibration, you would understand all of it. And uh, I think that you guys are, are pretty damn close to it. You're well on your way there. So uh, I definitely want to know about some of these beings, and then I have got to know about what you experienced on your craft uh, that it took you so long to get to. Is there a way that you can articulate that for us? Um, the, the, we'll start with the craft or the kids? Uh, let's, let's do the craft because I'm most, I, I really want to hear about that. And then please, let's talk about some of these entities and the experiences that your children have had. Yeah, so uh, just to give you an idea, hypnosis I had no idea about. Uh, so I had to look up the word. Um, so I'm going into a lot of this uh, stuff uh, with uh, naivety, I guess, uh, because I, I just don't understand it. So uh, it can it can be scary. So, yeah. And not that Mary Rodwell is scary, but... You know, she she's seen some and heard some stuff. So. She's fantastic. And so we do the hypnosis with Mary, and uh, she said, "I know you're going to be fine because of uh, how I know you. You'll be fine, but we'll see what if it's there, it's there. If it's not, it's not. You can't force it in a hypnosis. So hypnosis to me then started to sound very similar to kinesiology, but deeper. Yes, it's yeah. a great way to put it. Uh, so, yeah. so we go into hypnosis, and I'm completely out. 
but she's recording it for me. So then I go back and edit it. As I'm editing it, I'm channeling myself as I'm editing it. What? <laughs> Out there. I'm channeling my own voice in hypnosis while I'm editing. So not only did I have the experience of the hypnosis, but then also recalling the hypnosis and then re-editing my frequency. So it was like um, not only did I get that layer of it, I got every inch, like I heard every different frequency in my voice. Yeah, it's like so reading, you know how, a, reading a book for the second time, but you forgot like the whole middle section was even there yeah, and it had so, a bunch of extra yeah, so, chapters in it. That's amazing. Yeah, so sometimes you might have a short film, but then you'll have like where they've got like, you know, 10 episodes. Well, that's what happened with, with the editing. And, and Mary knew that. I know Mary knew that was going to happen. Um, I realized that uh, everything that I b believed about water how water holds all the records, it does. And uh, it's water holds our records. But when I hear people talk of the Akashic records and things like that, it's in the water. <clears throat> and so that water travels through us and it has the feelings like us. It has energy like us. And it, it reminds us. And uh, one of the ways I learned that is through gardening. So if um, you get genetically modified seeds and you plant them, I believe that you can return them to the core pie root seed original form. It just they have to remember with the water. So you might plant the seed and then the first cycle of that seed isn't so good, but you collect the seeds and then you plant them again and the water goes through them, and then the second or third crop, they remember who they are. The seed remembers who they are. So we're seed, right? Yeah. We start a seed. So there's no difference. So uh, the more we remember the water and the more we uh, connect with the water in us, then the memory comes back. So you you don't need an IQ. The, the IQ comes from the water. And uh, so I believe that intelligence is water. <laughs> do you do you do any intention setting with the water that you put in your garden or anything like the Nakamoto studies? I I had a friend. She she studied him and met him, and she told me of him. And I loved reading. I loved all the beautiful pictures he took. Yeah, of how you talk to the water. Yes, it's and brilliant. <clears throat> the biggest one that I got is that. Uh, I'm hoping that maybe more people will do this when they hear this, is when you see water in water tanks that have been contained there for a long time or dams, just say something fun to it, say something loving to it, um, anything. Uh, I tell my daughter who sometimes lives in the city and her water is, you know, contained and, and stuff, I said, uh, think of when you go to drink the water instead of um, thinking I'm not, drinking country water, think something happy. And uh, she said, like, what? And I said, okay, uh, think that I'm drinking dinosaur pee. Yeah, and that's she's fine. Like, what? And she goes, what? That's gross. And I said, yeah, but it made you laugh. <laughs> yeah. It made you laugh. So when you drink that water now, you're going to hear my voice saying dinosaur pee. <laughs> But that is you're collecting the information of all those hundreds and thousands of years that that one droplet has gone through 
And that one droplet has gone through someone else over there in the world and through the grounds and through the, the information that that one droplet of water has collected is going through you. So think of something loving and fun to remind the water who it is. Once yeah. the water has remembered who it is, it can give you the intelligence back. So it's just like a a friendship. <laughs> and, uh, but it's not a spiritual practice, I guess. I don't look at it that it is, but it isn't. We don't see it like that. It's just like play with it. <laughs> well, it's an adjustment to the frequency, right? I mean, this is this is intentional intention setting. Because if you think about it, in the normal day to day mind of someone, you know, that spends ninety, you know, ninety five percent of our uh, actions come from our subconscious. So in that subconscious, you don't know what's going on in there. This is why people can drive for hours and hours and hours, and not remember how they got there is because they just dipped into their subconscious, turned it on autopilot and went. But what a lot of people do, or I could see a lot of people walking through their day thinking, oh my God, I got to do this. Oh my God, can you believe what's going on with the news or the government? Or, oh my God, I can't believe that happened to this person. Like these, oh my gods, right? And if you could just replace at least a few of those and then start the habit of just walking by a tree and going, hey, thanks for putting out oxygen for me and replace one of those oh God, my boss needs this done and I've got a blah, blah, blah. Or, oh, I can't believe this happened to me rather than, oh my God, I'm on this beautiful walk right now, setting intention that everything that you come across is better for you having walked by it. And that type of just walking through your day changes you for sure. But then to anthropomorphize that and to change the grounds around you, because then that, now you're upping the frequency of the area so that anybody with, let's say somebody with all the crap on their mind, walking through that area may be distracted from their bullshit shit and be able to sit back and actually say, hey, this is an amazing place. I don't know where I, why this place is so magical to me, but perhaps you walking through it earlier without all the bullshit on your mind is the reason that the vibe has changed. It's like you walk through and you purify it a little bit. You clean it up from all the distractions that are out here yelling at everyone else. It's a trap that a lot of people fall into, but this, again, it's just an extra way to be a little bit more mindful and to really just play with your reality. I, I love this. I think that that's a wonderful way to go about your day. I think it's awesome. I, I have a, a little story that happened last week for us that um, I'd love to share because it, it, it just ex explains what you just said oh, please, and it gives yeah. an example. So we're in the bus and we're dropping our son Jet to work. So he works on a farm and we've come off all the country roads and we're just about to head on a roundabout onto the freeway, expressway. And as we were just about to head on, on the side of the road, a man opened his back of his car and he had three dogs in there and the little one, little fox terrier, ran off onto the road. And this man was deliriously freaking out. He was running on the road, screaming, screaming, and the terror in him. Yeah. And Richard grabbed my arm and said, don't get out the car because he knew that I was going to try and help him. He said, don't get out the car. Well, don't get out the car. We'll help him, but don't get out the car. Anyway, um, I could see Richard, like, sorting something out in his head. Anyway, he went in. I thought, oh, we're going. He's going to, we're going to leave this man. Anyway, we're, it's rush hour traffic, so there's lots of cars on the road. And this little dog's running everywhere because he's just so excited, yeah. right? The dog's in his element running around all getting missed by all these cars. Richard goes onto the roundabout with our big bus. He blocks all the traffic. He just stops the bus. 
And I'm going, oh, here we go. This is a classic Richard moment. Classic he Richard. all the traffic on every direction. All the traffic now is banking up. So you've got 10 cars, 15 cars in four different directions. Now they're starting to get cranky. These people are mad because they're, you've stopped them on their way. They were ready They on their way to do that, 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 to yep. do that. Yep. And they got to be there on this time because this yep. is the time they always do it, right? This is the time I'm in my car and now you're delaying me. You're stopping me. So this person is creating a problem for me. Right. So they're really cranky. So now to them, it's a crisis moment, okay? So they're having a bad moment, yeah. right? But to us, we're stopping the traffic because we can see the dog guy having a bad moment. Right. The dog is having a great time. Great time, no matter what. Yeah. He's oblivious Love to it, it all. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, then you can see because they're stopped, they start looking around and they see this man running around. And then you can see now people are starting to not be angry and they're watching what this man's doing. And then the little dog appears through underneath cars and stuff. People start opening their car doors and getting out to help the man. Beautiful. But not 10 cars, not 15, like 20, 20 people like stopped their life and got out with compassion to help. And this little dog is running to every car. Oh, he's got new friends. He's so pumped. Yeah. He's so happy because he's like, everyone loves me. Yeah. (laughs) And the owner, I could see the owner was amazed by it. And the owner didn't say thank you to us or anything like that. It wasn't about us being recognized for what we did. it showed me, I, I, so then Richard could see that it was under control. They got the dog and we went on the freeway and I started crying. And Richard goes, why are you crying? And I said, babe, because that was an example of hope yes. for humanity. Yes. That everyone oh, is, everyone is kind. They just need to break that little default program for just a few split seconds. And but kindness is in everyone. I know that everyone puts out images of what humans are, but I don't see them like that. I see them like opening their door and patting the dog. You, <laughs> and I did. It made me cry. Well, because it made me feel good about humanity. Yeah, and it should. This this is such an incredible story, and I will be telling it on your family's behalf from now on. Uh, What an awesome, awesome story, because this is, it's a moment for people to just remember that we're all in this together, and that it's going to work out, and that it's okay if you're a couple of minutes late, because you don't want to slam into this dog and then just go, oh, what was that, and then just keep driving. Like, there's a disconnect, because people get so wrapped up in in the nonsense, right? But really, there's a life to be had here, and there's experiences, and think of all the people that may have met for the first time on that on that roundabout, you may have, you know, conscious coupled like three people out of that thing, you know, because they just met each other chasing a dog. And now that's a wonderful story that anyone can yeah. get on board with. And it all started because of one man said, you know what, I'm just going to park this bus right here for just a few seconds. And I don't care yeah. about the honks and anything else. There's a greater thing going on here. But that type of awareness, that's huge. Thank you for telling us that. that that's just such an amazing story. Thank you. That's it's a good example. Yeah. Incredible. It's a good example. Yeah. Well, we got home and tell, told the other kids the story and we have Jerry. Jerry's our uh, number 
sixth baby. Okay. And Richard's counting for me. Okay. Sorry. That sounds so mean. But Not at all. No, no, no. It sounds, it sounds more realistic, honestly, than you think. Uh, because if you can just there, recall, like my mom, we had three, three kids in the house growing up. And my mom calls my younger brother a dog that died years ago, by the way. She calls him by that name all the time. And so, you know, my older brother and I, you know, or my other brother and I laugh about this, but like my mom had three kids, simple, and then two dogs. And she called one kid the dog's name that that's not even around anymore. We haven't had that dog in 10 years. And she calls him that constantly. So the the fact that you uh, have, you know, a minute, a pause, and then can still remember it, by the way, which is absolutely brilliant. I think it's way more practical. So there's no reason to uh, feel weird about that. I think it's it's awesome. So, so, so Jerry, we get home, we tell the kids the story, and Jerry is so profound and she's so calm. She was born like Jesus with animals all around her. She's mm. just so, she's the gentlest one in our family. She looks like an angel and uh, long, long blonde hair and fair, fair skin. And uh, she said to me, well, mum, of course it was a dog because dog is God. And she always this. says, yeah, she just says God was teaching you all. And I was like, Okay, thanks. If you think about it, out of all the animals, they're the ones that practice uh, unconditional love the most. They don't care what you do to them. They will love you no matter what. And I I don't think we, I've said this forever, I don't think we deserve dogs anyway. Uh, Those are like our kids, you know, because wife and I don't have kids like you guys. But uh, I'd love that saying that God is dog. I think it's beautiful. If God's anything, he's definitely dogs and water. Like, and I don't say he, he, she, it, whatever. It's in everything, just like you said about water, about it being the memory for everything. But if it was anthropomorphized into an animal, I would say that it would be much more a dog than it would be a human, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we came home to Jerry telling us that beautiful. biblical moment. Beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. That would have made it into the big book for sure. Um, <laughs> absolutely incredible. So uh, tell us about your UFO experience. Oh, yes. So, um, I'm, so I'm on the craft and uh, uh, they – they so I'm up in the craft and I was like a gyroscope. Okay. Spinning. So I'm keep spinning, and then I realized that to get me up there, they've melted my body into like um, a jelly form. So now I'm jelly, so I can actually, or liquid, put my hands through myself and turn myself inside out while I'm spinning. Whoa. Now, whenever I got s- stressed, whenever um, the craft, because the craft was also um, – it feels and thinks, the craft thinks as well. So I could hear voices or noises. Other, I could I could sense other beings there, but the actual craft itself also was like a being as well. I've heard this a lot. A, a living organism or something. Yeah. Anyway, so as I'm spinning up there, every time I would get stressed, they would spin me and I could see down to the horses where I was standing but I knew that I was up there because I wasn't with the horses anymore. So you could see your physical body from this vantage point of being now in your liquid state, but you yes. could also see, so you were basically bilocating. No, no, no. I couldn't see my body. Oh, my gotcha. body okay. It's left. where you were standing. So your body was gone yeah, too. Yeah. So they took your so physical they wanted body. Me to know. Yeah. They really wow. wanted me to know that I was up there. So mm. that was, that was, that was, I found that really interesting through the hypnosis. The other thing is they kept spinning me and I'm the blue veins kept going through me, blue veins. And the 
they were downloading uh, or upgrading me and as they're upgrading me, but they were collecting information out of me as well. So um, it was a it was a two-way thing going on. They showed me that um, uh, this was really hard for me to uh, process because um, as a mum it made it really tricky, but they were saying the damaged ones, that the ones that are damaged here on Earth are able to connect quickly to frequencies rather than the ones that aren't damaged. Mm, and um, I asked them, why is that? And that is because they said the damaged ones uh, uh, ignore the programs. Yes. And it made a lot of sense because we've had a lot of autistic people or people that um, have one of those alphabet diseases. They really connect with our family and our kids. They they just seem to zoom in on us. Yeah. And um, they just be, they seem to feel that we can feel their freak, that we can see that they're within us, um, their inner child or their higher self. So that really resonated with me. So. I understand why we're going through all this at this time on Earth because it's a way to get around it. <laughs> um, yeah. It just sounds, it's just hard though. I kept asking them if there's another way and they said the only other way is through love and kindness. And then it, you, you say, okay, well, that's great, love and kindness, but it's not, it's actually an endorphin thing. It's, a, it's about the atoms and the DNAs and uh, the cycles that we're about to go into um, coming up with the orbiting, the way Earth is going to orbit. Uh, we need to have those endorphins running through our bodies more and more and more so it, it, it doesn't create disease in us because those endorphins uh, are going to assist us with the way the spin of the Earth is going to happen. So... Uh, when when people say they need to be lighter beings and they need to be in love, it, it's it's not um, how I thought of it because I, I keep seeing you know beautiful pictures of angels and think love and it's not it's actually it's actually a DNA an atom thing wow. in our bodies. So yes. because uh, you can hold different uh, frequencies when those atoms are going through you than when you're angry or in fear or in worry. And uh, they showed me that uh, how you can heal things with that. Um, but uh, what else did they say? Um, they also said it was a, a near miss. And I didn't understand what they meant by near miss. And they kept showing me all the planets moving and how close it came. So did it just come close in this realm or is it parallel that it was very close? And I, I, I have heard a lot of people in the media saying how it just came this close, it came this close, and they're showing me like a fine thread how close it is, how intricate and how the dance of the cosmos is so int. It can come down to one one droplet of water or how amazing it is. Um, the the craft craft experience was the catalyst for our children. So it was like the craft experience had to happen, but I wasn't meant to understand the craft. And then we had to learn all this 
languages of all these different beings. So then I could go to the craft with knowledge. Mm. So then it collapses time, which brings me back to um, uh, being able to communicate with Neth and also being able to expand um, expand time because we, we play with time. <laughs> so we will um, go get back to a moment and you, we call it moment collecting where you go back to a moment and uh, you expand that moment. And so, you know, when you hear people say, oh, my life's going really quickly, oh, it just went so fast, the kids grew up so fast. To me, it's not like that at all because we keep expanding everything. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger in so many different ways because every every moment, every path that was crossed, everything that you have done, there are no randoms. Every single thing that has happened in your life happened for a reason. So if you go back and collect all those moments, wow, that's a lot of expanding. That's incredible. And, and it's an amazing way to kind of live longer, right? Because this is, and, and it's, do you think though that this is how people were physically living longer is because they were able to do this? It was more prevalent, like uh, like that list of kings. I know the um, Sumerians have that list of kings and, you know, a few of them are pretty normal, but the further back in that list that you go, people are living for thousands and thousands of years. So do you think that this was is what was going on there? They were just moment collecting in the most deliberate way possible. Like they were basically just so in the moment, they were to expand that moment and slow down time for themselves physically? Yeah. Well, before we even uh, came up to Byron, we would follow people that lived for 200 years, 150 years. And uh, there's one man that used to travel around the world and uh, he would tell people how he has lived for so long. And uh, I, I believe with keeping their temple or their vehicle or their avatar healthy and Mm -hmm. clean is important because you have to have a container to carry it around your soul around so you have you you do need that you need then to have the atoms that are carrying all the information all the time around to be clean and in a vibrational state so they can't be dirty they can't be angry they can't be I mean, they can have those feelings to have that experience, but they can't stay in that state right. all the time. Be attached to it, yeah. Then, then, then all the experiences happen from that because you're able to read so many different frequencies. So, you know, our kids will read frequencies of crystals and then that crystal will lead them to a being and then the being will give them a healing practice which wasn't meant for them. It was meant for that last person they just met. So then they pass that on to that person and then that person heals themselves and gives them back a, a thank you feeling. So then they, it's like it, it becomes contagious. It's it just incredible. That's expansion to me. That's what expansion is. So expansion is sharing, expanding. You collect a moment, you share it. And, and, and sometimes those paths, like you said before, they're not cross for you. They're to help somebody else. So then you share that with somebody else and and it just keeps, it keeps lifting. It it can't, and and then it speeds up. It doesn't slow down. Yeah. You've inadvertently described this entire show. 
the entire thing that I do here because I have communication with amazing conversa- amazing conversations with folks like yourself. I do record it and make sure it sounds great and put a lot of effort into the intention behind this thing and then put it out. And I get emails and things constantly from people. Oh, my God, this changed my life. Or, oh, my God, I can't put this book down. Or, oh, my God, I've been working with this person that you had on and it's completely changed my life. And then you don't know the dovetail of the people that they affect. You know, maybe this was somebody that was really unhappy in a marriage or in a relationship with someone. They found a show. They get to contact you and talk to you about things. And then now they healed themselves, which now heals their relationship with their partner and then their kids. And this type of thing goes so damn far. But all it takes is for us just to stop for a second and say, maybe there's some bigger things going on here. And then really to be open for the universe to surprise you and then allowing it to do so. Because, yeah, I mean, since you've been sitting here speaking, I've, I've thought of so many people that I can't wait to introduce you to or I can't wait to send this conversation to because of how it's going to change them. And this is, again, I mean, it's this whole damn thing. And so it's so beautiful to see it work in the way that you guys and your family are so aware of. You guys just have such awareness of how the smallest little things mean something huge, and but not to make a big deal out of shitty things. You know what I mean? So you've you've flipped the paradigm on its on its head. Like the most amazing moment of a bee pollinating a flower is so cool and amazing, whereas other people think, oh, that's stupid. I've got investment banking to go do. And then they, you know, march off. But really, it's the other way around. And again, I think that this is what we're going towards. This is what this age of Aquarius is. This is what the shift is all about. And your kids uh, don't surprise me that they're coming out right now and that you and your husband are such wonderful vessels and examples of this love and light. And, but showing them also that it's not all love and light and that there is still going to be some challenges here. So, again, you've, you've taken the most practical element to this. I, I just – I love the shit out of this. I think that this is an incredible story. So, uh, so I, I, go ahead. Uh, I was going to share a story at, in hospital of our daughter. She um, – our little girl, the youngest one, fell off her pony and broke her arm clean in half. So, the bone's out in the middle of COVID. And uh-huh. so – yeah, we had to go to hospital just to make sure she was okay. Yeah, we we take her to hospital, and I am freaking out because we don't do masks, we don't do coat. Yeah, you know, so and we're in a hospital. We were told the hospital is going to be jam packed. You won't be able to get in because it's you know COVID. Hospital's empty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we get we park right in emergency. Not a problem. We walk in, no masks. Not a problem. Uh, she goes in, and I said, I whispered. Um, she went in for an x-ray and she came out. She was in shock. She was in a lot of pain. And uh, while she was getting the x-ray, I started seeing beings in the hospital. I'm going, oh, my God, really? And this now? And um, I start seeing um, ghosts in the hospital. I start seeing people with their pain bodies lying next to them in their bed. I start seeing ghosts walking around following doctors. I, I seeing ETs coming through the um, devices. I'm going, really, now she's got a broken arm? And then Jeannie came back through and I went, oh, okay. So I whispered in Jeannie's ear, I said, Jeannie, can you just play with me? I think we might be here for another reason. Yes, yes. Instantly, pain stops, stops crying, and the swelling goes down. She's she's fine. The, The whole swelling just went down. She stopped crying. She was out of shock and she starts telling me all the different beings she's seen. And then I'd say to her, can you see the same ones that I am? She, she go, then she would describe who I was seeing. And uh, it, was, it was like a 
free bike in there. I've never seen so many. It was just intense. Uh, and um, I saw uh, I had lots of them wanting me to talk to whoever walked past us. So we, we did the best we could while we were there. Um, but we were in there for such a short, I think we were in there for 45 minutes. Like it was super fast. Okay. We left there. And we asked Jenny, um, are you okay if we go buy some groceries? And she said, yeah, but can we go to the paint shop? I want to go and buy some paint. I've got to draw all these beans. So and she came home and drew all the beans. Within probably three days of her breaking her arm, which was a complete clean break, she was wanting to ride her horse again. Her arm had healed fully within 10, not even 10 days. She was on the horse riding Jeez. again. So I'm just, it's... It's amazing, right? No drugs, no medicine. It was just a... <laughs> God. All the doctors are amazed. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, they would be. I, it's shocked that they didn't call you back just for some sort of uh, study where they just want to plug a bunch of plugs into her and study her. Now, on your yeah. uh, website, which again, guys, I'm going to be linking all the ways to find her. On your website, uh, Spin Beings, which is wonderful, by the way. I love this. Uh, you, she, There are a bunch of illustrations and drawings and paintings there that is is are those the ones that she did? Yeah, we, she's. They've done hundred. She's done probably two hundred. There's only it's only a small amount on there that we can flush up. But yeah, you get an, you get the idea. They're so cool. They are so cool. The uh, the way that she does it, the drawings, even the little energy around them, and some sort of. I mean, she even has star maps and planets and a UFO above one. She has an energy body around another, some interesting energy vortex type things around this woman, um, the being portrait. And then uh, the, I guess, gray looking entity has some blue. Sw I mean, the way that she did this is just incredible. They are absolutely beautiful. So thank you for yeah. sharing those with us on there. And again, guys, I'm going to be linking this. So definitely check this out. Uh, well, I've got to know, you know, I mean, about a few of these beings that you're contacting here. So um, if you don't mind, just tell us about some of the most extraordinary uh, conversations that you've had with a few of these or interactions uh, with some of these beings. Uh, um, some of them just want to be acknowledged. And I feel like maybe they're not for us, they're for someone else later. So again, moment collecting, but mm. not just not now. Um, some present with uh, technology of uh, how to understand the atoms in our body. Um, one of the, the ones from the little girls are called the forgetter beings, which I love the forgetter beings because the forgetter beings energy comes in and makes you literally forget what you're doing. <laughs> so they come in and like put you in a trance so that you forget what you're doing and then you have deja vu or a of a moment collecting moment and uh i will have people all around the world say to me oh i forget it beings around because i can i've really had those moments and you know i'll ask the girls and they go yeah of course they're here right now they, there's this guy on and this guy so um, what's the purpose of the forget it beings are they just to make you be more mindful and kind of snap you out of whatever you were doing so that you can take in the moment and maybe we look call at the it, situation differently. We call them. Were you? Are you being a three D? We call it three. We call it three D. <laughs> so, are you too in your three D to miss what's going on? Um, and some of these things that people that, that these beings have presented with have been life illnesses and things like it, it's seriously changed people's lives. Yeah, because they've realised that 
um, they had to address um, things that were going to cause them further harm. So it can be quite uh, <laughs> amazing when you get feedback from what these beings are doing. We've had um, them take us to sacred sites for healing. Um, that's been amazing because you you'll go and then there'll be this huge temple or huge huge like um, obsolete rocks or and you can just know. <laughs> And also, we, then we get confirmations after we've been to a lot of these sacred places from um, the beings. They'll send beings to us physically. <laughs> we had one where on my birthday we were going to do a clearing and uh, there was a huge storm. I really wanted to do this clearing. I, I had a burning desire to do this clearing. And we got up at like 2 a.m. We're driving. We get to the location. <clears throat> and then there's one being there and we see him. He's 3D being. So that you have beings that aren't materialising and ones that do. The ones that materialise, they're pretty, um, it's pretty dramatic that they can do that because uh, it's really tough for them to get here, some of them. Yeah. This one is uh, connecting with us and usually piercing blue eyes, a lot of them, really piercing blue eyes. He was connecting with us, trying to stop us from going on this drive, right? But we we stopped and we were delayed at this location and all the kids are going, what is with that, that man? Like he looked like a being. He was completely bald, tall, extra long neck, like really different. Anyway, we're driving on the bus, heading on our way, and this man on the side of the road does like the kids do it all the time. I can't do it. They do that. Oh yeah, the spark thing. Yeah. Yeah. He had black long hair, very like Jesus-like type, piercing blue eyes, the most attractive man, very chiseled face, and he's standing in the middle of the rain on the road, but he didn't look wet. Really odd, and he's like stopping us with his hand like this. Within not one minute, a huge storm came through and we could not get through the road. It was just like a he, – he was, like, telling us to turn around. Stop, yeah. <laughs> Damn. And, and, and the best thing about it is there's, you know, there's 10 of us. So it's not just me witnessing it. It's my husband witnessing it. And people say to us, why don't you take photos of all this? Why don't you take – your photographers. Why don't you take photos of it? And it's like, well – when I take a photo, I, I change my frequency to bring the camera up. I go into and I, and I close my world off like yeah. this. So I'm closing my perception. So it's not natural for – I don't naturally want to go and get my phone or bring up the, the camera because I want the whole experience. So we, we just don't photograph. I feel like there's so many photographs out there now that <laughs> – that's amazing. If yeah, they but, need a photograph, they just Google it. <laughs> it would be nice, though, is because you have so many, and not for the need of, 
proof. I don't need you to prove the story. Uh, but what I mean is, is that because you have, you seem to have a more intimate relationship. And yes, even though it would change your frequency to do that, I wonder if there'd be some sort of partnership with them to where you could say, hey, do you guys mind if we get together for a photo shoot? And, you know, maybe snap a few photos of them just simply, again, for just curiosity or just to have it, just because I think it's interesting. Uh, and, and not in, again, a way you got to go, look, here, prove it. Uh, here's the beings that we're in contact with. Because the way that this type of lifestyle and your interaction with whatever you're speaking with has changed you and your family's life and has strengthened you and your husband and your bond together, it, it might as well, you know, it doesn't matter if it's Garfield, right? It, it's still a very real thing in this reality that's very, that has changed the course of all of your lives and has made you incredible people because of the way you pay attention to things around you. Again, whether it's this, these beings or not. Again, I don't need you to prove it, but I think it would be very cool if you could get a couple of very nice photos of these things uh, just for your own archives and just, you know, something that's really, really cool. I think that'd be interesting. But I understand what you mean about raising a camera. And you hear about this a lot in Bigfoot cases, contact cases. They say, you know, I'm standing here staring at the UFO. Cass Clark said this with her Pintuck incident that I had her on the show for. And basically, a, a lot of people describe this that you don't even think to take your phone out. Like it's, it's, and basically, if you even do think that, the entities will kind of tell you or, or make you feel like you shouldn't, you know, kind of a thing. Like, no, 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 don't bother with it. Like, don't worry about it or it'll ruin the moment, kind of a thing. You yeah. can imagine if you meet somebody for the first time and you whip your phone out and take a picture of them, that kind of ruins the moment. You know what I mean? It's, it's a little unsettling and jarring for the, for the interaction. So I, I understand understand the energetic uh, element of it, but it would still be cool in my mind if you could just set up sort of like a photo shoot and make it that the intention of the interaction and say, hey, I'm just wanting to get some few few photos of you, you know, do like glamour shots for entities, you know, for be like, you can just have this. It's just for you. But like just to do something nice for him, I think it'd be interesting. It'd be cool. Well, I think also um, because we're still growing with it and uh, we had... um beings about uh, three months ago where we had two humanoids on the ground walking and it was more Gigi's experience and she was she was scared Mm. even though she talks to them all the time she was scared so I was with her on that experience so maybe the next time she meets them she won't be so scared so she because she had her phone on her as the torch but she, she you know yeah. It's intimidating because <clears throat> they also sometimes don't move like we do. Like they can move really fast yeah. at you. <laughs> and it uh, because you're not used to it, uh, it can be alarming. So I would think so. It takes, it takes a while to get used to them. I would think and, so. And not. And not have the Hollywood scary mood music going on in the background again. <laughs> and th- that's another question I had for you. So do you find that you interact with negative entities at all? Or is it all kind of love and light, benevolent, or just anything not threatening? Because you are in the movies, again, to what you said, you we're all trained that they're scary and that they're evil and that they're here to take over and kill us all. And, and it's a horrible experience. But that, in my mind, again, is like a psyop. It's like a it's a thing that they tell you about something to make you scared of it and to gaslight you away from it. So, do you find yeah. that they've all been benevolent, or uh, do you find that you've ran across any that you maybe should be a little bit hesitant to interact with? We um, I've taught the kids how to to deal with them and talk <sighs> to them and uh, and ask them to be respectful of our three D bodies as well, because sometimes they. 
that just them being in our presence hurts us. That's a good point. Like, so um, we've had a few come through where do, do, <laughs> our necks were like almost broken. We've had some where it makes you actually literally ill in your stomach. Uh, Not just us, our dogs as well, <laughs> uh, which is, uh, it, you know, we ask them to come through gently. Uh, maybe if you're going to come through and it hurts us, just come through again, again, so we can just adjust to it uh, yeah. or build up to it. And and that's been really um, helpful, which um, as this goes on with people, we, we can share, you know, because so that it assists them to be able to handle it because, Again, you'll think, oh, there's something wrong because my neck's sore, but it's not. It's just having to get through all that new frequency getting through your spinal cord or, um, you know, that being might even be a trying to bring attention to a certain point in your body that is needing attention. Yeah. So, and their presence yeah, points yeah. it out to you. Yeah, yeah. So, and it is, it's a frequency thing. So, we are in uh, this frequency, so we are not picking up on other frequencies. So if there are lower frequencies, they aren't in our vicinity. The frequency protects you. Yep, yep. This, you know when you hear in Star Wars, you know, the, be the force, you know, be the force, they're, they're not mucking around. That's yeah. serious. You have to be in that frequency. You're there in that frequency so we find like we can be walking through uh, a shopping center and stuff and people don't even notice we're there because they're in a completely different frequency. Yes. They're, and I'm sure you'll be experienced that. You, you're like, am I here? Well, do these people see me? <laughs> you know, it, and it is, and it is a frequency thing. And so this is, again, I, I, and I'm grateful that you answered it in this way because some people, whenever they have interactions with extraterrestrials, ultraterrestrials, anything like that, then they see them as demons and they see it as a horrible experience. Well, then if you look at their, their you know, ask, investigate a little bit more into their lives, well, you know, maybe they just went through a divorce. Maybe their dad just died. Maybe they're into a severe alcoholic depression, something like that. And that's what yeah, they say about, have- no, please, please. Like maybe they have power lines over there, over their house. Like, EMF radiation. Like you just look like at you every, in the box. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I have actually a hack for you. Uh, you can put a mesh screen, like a window screen over your window and then um, tie it off with like a ring or something like that. You know the little glass plate that reads your meter? Do they have the same things like that? It's like a glass cylinder that comes out. No, your, I'll look that up. Yeah, and then you can put a wire mesh over it, wrap a piece of copper around it, and ground it into the ground, and you won't get any of the negative EMF radiation. Uh, there's yeah. a woman named Karen McDonald, and I'll, uh, I need to connect you with her anyway, but she was just on talking about all of the EMF shielding and all things like that. So I'll get you in contact with her just because she's awesome anyway. But this is something I was thinking about is that you know these lower vibrations bring about those entities that are vibrate at that frequency. So if you guys are high vibing like you are, it doesn't sound like you need to waste your time on those energies or entities because it's a wasteful interaction, right? Because usually the reason that people will have those experiences is to motivate them out. It's their pterodactyl, right? It's their, hey, I was a little mosquito and you got a big problem with drinking or depression or something like that. If you don't fix this, I will appear in other ways, right? And so perhaps they 
get this entity interaction, but it's to help them. Just like if you see people have negative ET experiences, it always changes their life. They become way more spiritual and love life and see it as interconnected. Same thing with the horrible near-death experience. If they say they went to hell or had a horrible experience, when they come back, they're completely changed for the, like, let's say, high vibe for it, right? And so you guys don't need to have interactions with those negative beings because it doesn't serve you. you you're already passed, you've already checked those boxes, right? You're not raging alcoholics. You're not horrible to people. You're not just pulling squirrels' heads off to watch them suffer. You actually want to see this place grow and evolve. And so therefore you attract the type of beings and extra interactions that would facilitate that. That's brilliant. I love it. Well, when we uh, first started with the interactions, so after that uh, meter box blew up, it was ghosts, <clears throat> lots of ghosts, like demon-type ghosts. And I'd be scared of mirrors. I could not look in mirrors because when I look in mirror, I see everything. Really? <laughs> so I was really, really scared of it. I was really scared of mirrors, and I know Richard was too, even though he probably won't admit it. Um, Do you guys have mirrors in your house? <laughs> Now we have like a mirror in every room. We love it. We embrace it. Yeah. And, and, Rich, and you can one still of the see? We have even uh, in the dining room mirrors that mirror each other now. And oh. uh, yeah, it's amazing. I heard you're never supposed to do that. But I, I want to ask you more about the mirrors, but keep going. Keep going. Yeah. So um, one of the biggest things when we shifted was Richard was really protective of the mirrors. So was, I love that. Yeah. Because he's not like that, but the, yeah. the mirrors were really important to us. So I was like, I love that you love the mirrors. Yeah. Because the, the mirrors were a big thing uh, all the way through this. Um, as a child, I would uh, study my eye in the mirror. And when you do mirror work, you can really go into yourself. Um, it also teaches you how to look into other people's eyes correctly. And when you look into someone else's eye correctly, you can see the universe in their eyes. Wow. And I can go really deep into someone's eyes. I know, I know pretty much when I look at someone how long I'll have a conversation with them because of how their eye looks at me. Wow. And no matter what is coming out their mouth, their eye will usually tell me something a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I could see that. Yeah. But my, then my eye speaks my truth to that eye and we the eyes have a so it's like the souls are really you know our mouths are talking but the souls are really having a frequency thing going on yeah the windows then, to the soul absolutely yeah and, and yeah. maybe this is why you know uh i think we're we're pretty stifled here with our need to communicate verbally and you know the, so this is what they talk about with a lot of these beings that they don't speak to you they communicate with you telepathically because they don't need that and usually it's in feelings pictures images things like that and so you don't need to muck it up by our limited vocabulary as many words as we need to learn i think in uh, english you need to learn fifteen thousand words to be fluent in english and it's like three thousand in mandarin or something so the disparate you know, amount of knowledge that you need or things you need to memorize in this place to be able to articulate just a little bit better are uh, staggering. But, you know, the need to speak often, you know, hijacks things energetically and it does take away from it. And so this is why you can just stare at someone. And I know this is a couple's exercise as well, just to sit and hold each other very close and just to stare in one another's eyes and not say a word. And it's for this yeah. exact connection and, and meaning. So coming to what you've just said, and then come back to frequency again. Frequency does not care about your age, hierarchy, emotions. It doesn't care about any of those things. So your frequency, if your frequency, if your frequency and wants to be down here, 
It doesn't care. The universe does not care about that. And it doesn't mean it in a non-loving way. It just, it's a frequency. It's indifferent. So the yeah. if it is the low frequency, it's a low frequency. If it's a high frequency, it's a high frequency. So um, there is no good or bad of it. Right. It's just a frequency. It's just, that's the, it is what it is. Yeah. So um, you have all these different frequencies. And if those frequencies are down here, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That, that's just it. That's fine. There's not, it's not bad. It's just that's, that's the selection there is. Right. It's the <laughs> scope of experience that we have available to us. And this is why yeah. I completely agree with everything you've just said. I completely agree with. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, it doesn't have an emotion attached to it. So when these beings are communicating to us, you cannot, if you bring in your own personal feelings or uh, story into it, or a movie that you've seen, they don't understand that. So sometimes when these beings come through, um, our kids will go, wow, you are rude. And they'll say to the being, you're being rude. But to to the being, it's a frequency. So uh, there is no rudeness. It's just a frequency. So that's what I'm saying. We we have to adjust to that. Yeah. So, like it's nothing, personal. yeah. it's nothing personal. It's <laughs> yeah, just nothing. business, right? You say that all the time. And, and it's kind of like the same with them. They don't understand because they don't have to go through the niceties and they don't get nuance or sarcasm or anything like that. They're just very, yep, this is it. It's very yeah. interesting. It's, 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 it, it, it's emotionless, but it, it has to stay in a state of love. So that I find that, I find that really interesting. So if we're communicating with a ghost or something, um, they have no emotion, so they don't feel the sadness. They don't feel the happiness. They just, they're just there. Interesting. And um, I guess the other thing that we need, to, I love sharing with people, is if they are connecting with you, it is so hard for them to connect through the 3D layers. Yes. It's so hard. So if you're getting anything, please embrace it in a way of wow because it's, it, as hard as us to interpret it, it's it's painful. It can hurt their bodies too coming in. Yeah. This and is, we've this, got- I, I've said this about the hybridization program, that perhaps what needs to happen is for them to hybridize with human beings so that they have a physical vessel to interact in this place because it's so dense and they can't reach it. And this is when we talk about frequency, vibration, all of that, that you raise your vibration. Well, at the same time you're doing that, they're lowering the hell out of theirs to get to you and to kind of meet you halfway. So there's there's this interesting give and take, and it's not like they're just there waiting on you. Well, they're kind of waiting on you, but they're waiting on you at their threshold, right? It's like an out of bounds. Like they can't cross that line. So they're like, if you just come a little closer, we can talk. But it, it is a frequency barrier type of a thing, which is very, very interesting. So again, it's just a hypothesis about hybrids that I have that perhaps this is why they're taking so many sperm and ova from human beings is to create a race of people that's kind of an in-between or a vessel that they can get in that's not a far scope for them to dial down to to interact and have work here, whether it be good, bad, whatever, you know, whatever nomenclature you want to put on it. But perhaps that's why that they're doing that. It's just an idea I've got. I don't know. Well, I I have a similar feeling like there's something about how we remember and how we do this is for um, the future or the the next cycles. There's something. There's actually intelligence in what we're what we're doing now and what we're talking about. There's intelligence yeah. in it for the future. And uh, right, I, I I I'm I'm always saying to myself. 
I don't know. And the gift of not knowing. I'm happy not to know. Like I'm happy not to know why I'm going to there. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to follow that feeling. I don't know all the – I do not know all the answers, and I'm happy that I don't know all the answers. So, uh, Right there with you. I, I think, if anything, I know more about what's not going on here that I'm told is going on. Really, that's my compass, right? That's my anchor point. It's like whatever NASA, NASA's doing, I don't think is altruistic and the truth. I just don't. And because NASA means to deceive in Hebrew, but also because of all the green screening stuff, we don't even talk about the moon landing – all of the things that they do to put out some image of what's going on and them being the only authority that can talk about that image. I know, you know, the other people have other space agencies, but NASA runs all of it. All of it goes through NASA before it goes to the public. So there's a narrative being spoken. Now, I don't know what's going on, but I know that that's not it. Whatever the hell they're doing to protect and hide, there's something else going on. And so I'm, I'm like you, and I don't have any hubris in this as well. I'm just like, I, I want it all to be true. I don't care if the earth is flat and round at the same time. I'm fine with that. Like, that's fantastic. You know, if we're all in different subjective realities and you view your world one way, I view mine another, and they're both absolutely true, even though they're diametrically opposed, I'm, I'd see nothing wrong with that. That does not jar my reality in any way. But what I do like is the exploration of these ideas, the communication about with people like yourself that just want to have these experiences and not necessarily influenced, be influenced by their ego to make it shape one way or another. You really are just following the experience and your entire family is doing this. And you guys are just like, oh, yes, and what, you know, cool, and, and then cool, and like you just keep having these amazing experiences. And it only gets more remarkable. And it only, again, strengthens your resolve as a family, as a unit, as Somebody in this place that's here to serve, for sure, and you guys are doing a wonderful job at it. But it's, again, because of your lack of hubris in this. You don't need to have answers. You're just having the experience because the experience is enough. That's amazing. That's, I think, one of the greatest understandings anyone can reach. And now you've got 10 of you out there that get it. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Well, the interesting um, thing that Mary brought up is she said that you've had a pure experience because you were sort of, um, away from TV and away yes. from social medias. And the, the reason that we've come out was through disease because my gums were receding. And Richard said, your mouth is just like, you're starting to look like a skeleton. You really got to, we got to do something about this. And um, he knows that I don't want to go to the dentist or the doctor. So I had to go and find out metaphysically what it was. And it was about speaking up. Mm. So I tested it. Because, you know, again, I don't know all the answers. So I'd test it. So I came and started speaking up and then I noticed them grow back a bit and I'd speak up a bit more and they grow back a bit. Then I wouldn't speak for a while and then they would regress again. i go, okay, now it's cosmetic surgery. <laughs> What's a cosmetic thing? <laughs> so, so now the, the universe or the cosmos is making me speak up for cosmetic reasons. So you have beautiful like, teeth. Too, comical, right? <laughs> well, you have beautiful teeth. So I think that's amazing. They're like, hey, if you want to yeah. fix this thing about yourself, you need to go speak to more people about aliens. And you're like, all right, fine. Be, well, we're photographers, so that's the last thing that I wanted to do. Right, right. Because we're behind the scenes people. We're making other people beautiful. You know, that's what we do. We bring out the beauty in others and... You're still yeah, doing that, now. by the way. You're still doing that. It's just you're yeah. not taking pictures. You're now bringing out the beauty in yourselves and your children and your husband and these entities. Like, you're still doing that. It's just not yeah. hidden behind a camera. Now you're in front of a camera telling the whole world about it, which I think is amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm so grateful we've connected. 
Well, one of the things I do love um, with the connection with Neff is that it's she's the beauty one has come. Mm. And her and I have both commented that even though that they always thought it was about Neff, the beauty one has come was meant that we see the beauty in others and we yes. really do. I, I really see the beauty in others. I always see their inner child. I always see the kind, healthy body that they can be. Um, and I, I do. I feel that. Every time I see someone, I, that's what I feel. I feel the best that they can be when I see them. And so when I hear people in talk about history with Neff, the beauty one has come. It's not about her being the beauty one. The beauty one has come as in she sees it in others. And I, okay, I, awesome. I, that gets me excited about stuff. That so reminds beautiful. me of the roundabout bus story. And the beauty of others. Yeah. That's exactly right. Because given the opportunity and they couldn't go anywhere, they didn't have anything else to do, right? They could have hopped on their phones and bitched about it or taken pictures or gotten out and yelled, but nobody did that. They got out and they took themselves up on an opportunity to help and to be a part of something unique and amazing and that has an altruistic motive to it. It's that. It's it's pulling people out of those those moments, you know, and this is also what happens when a horrible disaster happens to a region or an area. You see all of these people that never spoke before now coming together stronger than ever, and it's horrible that it took something as horrible as a disaster like that, even though we know that Shiva brings great change and, you know, it needs destruction to change and all of that. But it seems that these little cataclysms or these traumatic events, something as simple as a dog running around, the traumatic event then being that they couldn't move on their way uh, and be there one minute sooner than they would have been before. You know, the tragedy lies in that. And then from there, though, you create this sense of community out of that experience, which is beautiful. Uh, th this is what it's all about. And it's, again, what's so cool about this is you and I are very aware of that these moments are not here to destroy us. They're here to change us and elevate us into a greater, grander version of who we are. And especially when they occur in a bus story situation like that, it's where you give everyone in that area the opportunity to take themselves up on a higher purpose. And then when they do, all of those people had the best days of their life after that. Anyone that was involved in that little area right there. And then especially the, the man with the dog. I mean, Jesus, to see all of these people come out of their cars to help you in your most frantic moment with your baby, you know, running around and not wanting anybody to get hurt. Uh, it It's just so many things were impacted on that one small little, seemingly small event of your husband just going, nope, and popping the air brakes right there and just waiting. I mean, what an awesome thing. And to do it through scrutiny. It's beautiful. So it's like, so that bus moment is like your show that you're putting together and your show is um, spreading the news and spreading these energies. So you're spreading a frequency. So you comes back to um, riding the wave. Yes. <laughs> you're on the edge of intelligence riding that wave and you're on the edge and you're going with the flow. You're letting it, you don't know where that wave's going to finish, but you, you, you're on, it's a, a free ride, <laughs> but you're riding a wave and you're sharing it out and it's contagious and it just sparks and you don't know who you're helping. And again, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm just doing it. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's great, right? It's yeah. so cool. <laughs> yeah.
This is just one of the coolest experiences, one of the coolest rides, and you are easily one of the coolest people I've ever spoken with. So um, we're, we're probably going to wrap it up here, Dolan, but I've been an amazing conversation, and I can't wait to speak with you again. I'm going to get you, we've already spoken about several panels that you're going to join us for, so uh, everybody out there listening, all the ways to find Elsa will be located down in the show notes. Make sure, make sure that you check her out. Uh, just a phenomenal YouTube, and then, of course, we are still going to be looking forward to many more conversations, you and I together. So uh, thank you again so much. I, I just can't thank you enough for your time. This is amazing. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's on the show. We loved it. Wanted to take a moment and thank Elsa for coming by and hanging out. Uh, incredible woman, incredible family, uh, mind-blowing story. So I'm really looking forward to hearing more from her in the future. Now, uh, to make contact with her in between all of that, in between when she's getting scooped up by aliens and stuff like that, check out her website, Spin Beings. It is going to be located down in the show notes. Incredible story, incredible family. And thank you again, Elsa, for, for sharing that with everyone. Now, while you're down there in the show notes, uh, checking out Spin Beings' website as well, check out some of our resource links while you're down there. Food, Forest, Abundance, Get That Freedom From Fear On, Opus, the organization for paranormal understanding and support, as well as if you'd like to start your own podcast, there's a link down in the show notes there that says start your own podcast. It's through Red Circle. That's who we just partnered through. Very, very happy with them, and I encourage anybody that feels half an inch to go start a show, go do it. It's been the most incredible thing I've ever done, besides marrying my beautiful wife, right? Okay, so now also down in the show notes is the Manifestor's Guide. Uh, Dewey Taylor has changed my freaking life. And I know I talk about this, but I talk about it because of how much it's impacted me and shifted the course of my life. And for all of you, all of you are receiving the benefit of Dewey Taylor just by enjoying this show because of what he has done. So take yourself up on that if that's something that you feel called to do. He's got a sweet, sweet scholarship deal that he's doing just for you, the listeners of this show, as well at checkout. If you type in expanding reality, all caps, no spaces, it's an even sweeter investment on yourself. So that's uh, highly, highly recommended by me personally. And that's why we partnered with them, guys. I'm very passionate about that part of the process, but it is very intense. So if you are uh, half-assed wanting to change your life, probably not this. If you are really, really wanting to change things and you're just tired of the stagnancy, that is the link to click. Also, while you guys are down in the show notes, check out expandingrealitypodcast.com. That is going to be where links to all the socials are, where all of the merchandise can be found, as well as the Too Hot for YouTube stuff, the stuff YouTube says is not welcome over there. It's welcome on the website. And that's another huge reason we started that damn thing was because we started getting content from guests pulled from YouTube. Even uh, Tom Barnett's episode got pulled after a year of being up there. Stupid. Silly. So they're not welcome there, but they're absolutely welcome on our home, which is our website. So again, guys, uh, go on over there, uh, log in, uh, create a login for yourself. Also, if you really want to support the show, sign up up to become an expansive insider. That is the best way to show your support for the show. There is bonus content over there like crazy. We're doing X panels. We're doing a couple episodes a week over there. So definitely go check that thing out. Uh, All the collaborations can be found there. And again, it's just a wonderful way to support the show. Now, to that point as well, this is a value for value system. So if you find the show valuable and you feel called to invest in this mission in any way, there is a link down there that says support the mission. And that's exactly what it does. It helps us move into phase two and then phase three and beyond, which is where things really ramp up and get amazing. So we're on a mission to support a thousand members out here. So support the mission. That's a wonderful way to do it. And again, thank you all for everybody who signed up and engaged and, and donated and everything. Y'all just, it's been overwhelming and amazing. 
Uh, So thank you again for answering that call and for practicing value exchange with us. So guys, go out into this incredibly beautiful place, whatever the hell this thing is, and y'all pick up a piece of litter, look around. If you see somebody in line around you that's just buying a coffee or you know some small item or some huge item, pick up their whole grocery bill, that'd be huge too. Just buy somebody in line around you a coffee or a meal, something small like that. It makes a huge ripple effect in the collective. And honestly, the look on their face is worth it. Uh, they just don't know how to react, which is wonderful. Uh, and it makes your day just so much better just by doing something amazing for someone else. And you don't know what their day's like, so you don't know what kind of impact it's going to make. And it's always worth it, though. I've absolutely found that it's always worth it. I'm never like, oh, I wish I would have saved that five bucks on that coffee and not been amazing for that person. And, you know, all and everyone they came in contact with that day. It's, it's one of these things that it's far more valuable. And I think we're all starting to realize that, that it's way more than just the dollars and shit. It's, it's about the value exchange in, in a really, really impactful way. Also, guys, while you're out here doing all that amazing stuff, go ahead and get out of the left-hand lane. That's a huge pain in the ass. You got somebody wanting to pass there. And beyond anything else, and above all, go out into this amazingly mysterious place, guys, whatever the hell this thing is, and y'all just be good to one another. Thank you so much for listening, watching, engaging, and just being the coolest sons of bitches ever. We will see you next time.